Consider this, 100% of owners will leave their business one day, but few are prepared. Are you? Don't worry, you're in the right place with this podcast, Succession Stories. Host Lori Barkman, the business transition Sherpa, guides you from transition to transaction, from building value in your business to letting go. Lori is a business transition and M&A advisor, specializing in growth, acquisitions, and selling owner-led companies. She's also the author of the Business Transition Handbook. Get your copy and learn how to avoid succession pitfalls and create valuable exit options. Sign up for a business transition newsletter at successionstories.com. Show us the love by subscribing to the show and posting a review. We appreciate you. Now, here's this week's Succession Stories with Lori Barkman. Welcome back to the Succession Stories podcast. If you're not already, please give me a follow on LinkedIn and Instagram at Lori Barkman. Be sure to subscribe. And if you listen to this podcast and enjoy it, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. You can help spread the word by sharing the show with people who will enjoy it as well. For today's episode, I invited Rocco Caza, founder and managing partner of the Caza Law Group. We're kindred spirits working with business owners to help them understand the importance of planning for your exit from the beginning. Rocco has some great framing questions to help you think about business legacy and implications for planning your succession. Like, what do you want people to say about your business when you're no longer here? If you want to build a business to stay within your family and you want your kids to be involved, have that discussion early and often. And if you're not giving yourself a minimum of five years for exit planning, you're not giving yourself enough time to address risk levers and do the planning you need. Enjoy this Succession Stories episode about business legacy and succession planning with Rocco Caza. Rocco Caza, welcome to Succession Stories. I'm so excited to be with you today. Our blues look amazing yeah. together. Look at this. We couldn't have coordinated better. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you having me. <laughs> Two of us from Pittsburgh. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and your firm? Yeah. So I, I've been practicing law two decades now. And when I came out of law school, I worked in one of the big law firms. Then I went in-house and I was general counsel of a international IT firm for 14 years. So it was a great, it was a great transition into the business world. I ran the legal department, got to travel the world, got to actually practice law differently, where I was really advising one business in all aspects of that business. So was with them for 14 years, went through a lot of different management changes. And finally in 2018, I decided I wanted to resign. I just, I didn't enjoy corporate America anymore. I wanted to go off on my own. I resigned in 2018, consulted with that company for about a year. And then July 1st of 2019 is when I incorporated my firm. I had been practicing law kind of part-time for small clients, but July 1st, 2019 is really when I decided I want to grow this thing. So it started as me as a solo practitioner. Now we've grown, you know, we have 10 employees, six lawyers, uh, we have, you know, probably 400 plus clients and our law firm, you know, we're a business law firm. So we do everything from startup to exit planning. We work with startup businesses to Fortune 500s. You know, we handle their commercial litigation, employment, IP. And then we have a whole other piece where we started doing estate and legacy planning. 
which we found that, you know, we saw a need with our clients, you know, they were business owners that haven't really thought about that, their legacy planning, their estate planning. So we brought on an attorney to really handle that practice area. And that's been growing substantially over the past six months. And, you know, we have a great team. You know, I, I started the firm really because I wanted to do things differently. Being at a big law firm, working in-house, I saw what big law firms did wrong. So when I started the firm, I asked people in business, I said, what don't you like about lawyers? What don't you like about law firms? And I just said, as long as we don't do those things, we'll be okay. And in in the end, our goal as a firm is to give our clients peace of mind. Like that's what we really sell. You know, we provide legal services, but in the end, it's my job and the firm's job to give our clients peace of mind. People don't usually associate lawyers with entrepreneurial spirit. (laughs) And on this show, however... I do enjoy speaking with attorneys who understand the ethos of entrepreneurship because they work with entrepreneurs, but also for you as a founder, you are the Mm -hmm. entrepreneur. So good for you for taking that risk, making the leap and starting your firm. And I think the the mission of the business is spot on. When you work with clients, one of the things that you and I talked about at lunch, which was such an interesting, fascinating topic, I think, is this idea of business legacy. And it's nice that we're both local and could have had that over, you know, over yeah. a wonderful, a wonderful lunch. Let's bring that to the show. Let's okay. talk about business legacy. When you work with clients on exit planning and transition, and you know that's a big topic for for me mm-hmm. and a big topic for the show. What does that mean to them most often? So let me start by saying that most often they're not even thinking about it. And I'll, I'll kind of give you a, a customer avatar. Say we have a you know person late 40s, early 50s, you know, started the business, has kids, been running the business for 10 years. You know, when you when I start that discussion with them, their immediate instinctual response is, well, my kids are going to take it over. And 90% of the time, that's not the case. Because my response is, well, have you talked to them about it? Do they want to do that? Or are you just making this assumption? Because there's a lot of things you have to think about, right? When you, you know, me as a business owner, right? I started this business. This is my baby. I've built it from the ground up. I look at it a certain way. And when we're working with clients, they look at their business a certain way. And they have this pride in it. And so we have to, one, understand, like, what is the end goal they're trying to achieve? Do they want to create a legacy and somehow keep within their family? Do they just want to exit for a bunch of money? Do they want that exit to provide generational wealth for their family? There's a lot of different pieces to it. But, a, but in most instances, the clients aren't even thinking about that. You know, it's a conversation that's kind of kicked down the road. And it's my job to, you know, to stop and pause the client and say, let's start planning for this now. Because planning for an exit when you're exiting is the worst time to do it. <laughs> let's just underscore that. Yeah. <laughs> planning for the exit when you're exiting is the worst time to do it. I couldn't yes. agree more. Do you yeah. think that owners are fearing the unknown? They don't want to think about it. They're not familiar with it. So it's easy to kick the can. Or is it a taboo topic? Well, I think it's a combination of both, right? Because when you think about exiting a business or coming to the end of something, we're talking about our own mortality. And no one likes to do that, right? Like, we, you know, when even when you're creating your own estate plan, right? No one wants to have that discussion because we all think we're invincible. We all think this is going to last forever. You know, I'm 45 years old. 
And do I think the end is in sight? No, but I have to plan for it because there's so many unknowns in this world. The economy can change. I could be in a horrific accent. There are so many things that could happen. And I think there is this fear, this inherent fear that business owners have that if I, because again, a lot of them think that if I talk about it, I'm speaking it into existence. And they think if I just don't talk about it, it's not going to happen. Well, that's the wrong way to approach it. Like plan for these things, think about them. And it's, I don't want to say necessarily it's a taboo topic, but it's an uncomfortable topic for most business owners because you've built something and now you're talking about what happens to that thing you've built when you're no longer there. Do you think that the phrase business legacy helps people think about these topics a little differently than exit planning or retirement or, you know, whatever the other options could be, death, right? (laughs) I do. And and that's why we use that topic because, you know, one, just take estate planning versus legacy planning. When people hear estate planning, they think I'm planning for when I die. Legacy planning is I'm planning for my legacy to live on past my death. It's just a different frame of reference. So business legacy planning, to me, I think just strikes a different chord with clients because exit planning means I'm done. There's an end, right? Legacy means I may be done, but what I've created will carry on. Like, that's how I look at my firm. Like I, you know, I don't, I want this firm to live on way past my death. So I'm looking at the legacy we're creating long-term, not how I'm going to exit the business someday. And I think when you frame it that way to a client, it's a more palatable discussion and they're more inclined to open up and really think about what that legacy is. That's a good jumping point. What are some of the questions that get people to open up? So one, when I meet with a client, I always try and read the client to understand one, what type of questions I should ask because every client's different, right? One that I found that really helps them or helps them open up is, what do you want people to say about your business when you're no longer here? And it's kind of just that very basic question they've never really thought of. And it could be, I want, you know, I want people to say he treated his, he or she treated his employees well, or they built a great product, or they changed an industry, or they changed the world. So when they start thinking about what people will say about what they've created once they're gone, that's how I typically open the discussion. Then you can start probing a little bit. I want people to say, I treated my employees really well. Okay, well, why are your employees so important to you? How do you treat them now? What would you want them to, you know, how do you want them to carry on your legacy? Maybe then it becomes an e-stop plan. There's a lot. So you kind of got to take that conversation, take those answers. And that really helps frame that exit planning discussion one way or the other. Yeah, I find that as well. If you can get people to think about things outside themselves, take the separation from the business and legacy is really the sustainability of that entity for their employees, for the community for stakeholders that they care about. And that helps, you know, it helps give a runway. This episode is sponsored by the best-selling book, The Business Transition Handbook, How to Avoid Succession Pitfalls and Create Valuable Exit Options. Business owners will learn how to navigate the emotional and practical nature of the transition process to avoid exit regrets. It's crucial to start planning when time is on your side so you don't leave money or your happiness on the table. Reading this book, you'll have Lori Barkman, the business transition Sherpa, guiding you along the way. To download a free copy, 
head to thebusinesstransitionhandbook.com. That's thebusinesstransitionhandbook.com today. As we talk about you and your company, mm -hmm. you mentioned it and you're only 45, right? Yeah, yeah. Have you put a timeline out there with clients and for yourself to say, hey, general rule of thumb mm -hmm. is you know, 10 years out, five years out. I get asked this question all the time. Yeah. What do you find is a good rule of thumb for your clients? And then what are you thinking about for yourself? Just to give a little case study here. Yes. So, so for my clients, I always tell them if you're thinking about it inside of five years, it's too, you're, you didn't give yourself enough time, a minimum of five years out, because depending on how you're going to do it, you may have to restructure things, make sure the, the things you have in place are in place and in place over time. So I always say a minimum of five years. Hey, if we've got seven to 10 years and we're thinking that long, that's even better. But a lot of times, again, getting a client to open up that discussion is hard. When you finally get them to that point, they are thinking about, okay, like, what am I going to do next? So I say we got, you know, in my mind, the minimum of five years, you know, seven to 10 is great. For myself, honestly, like I, and they, they joke about it here. They call me, you know, I'll be the old man coming into the office when I'm 80, but I, I truly love what I do. I love the firm we've built. I love what we're creating. I, I don't see myself ever exiting I see myself maybe slowing down 30 years from now, but I, we're just getting started. Like we're four years old and, you know, growing 50 to 60% year over year. So I'm, I'm in the excitement phase. Now I'm still looking at like, we're doing some strategic planning now, like, okay, as we bring in different partners, how do we structure equity? So if in the event I do, we just 10 years from now, I'll say, you know what, I'm done. How do I get out? But I'm not even, that's not even on my radar at this point. Well, I love that you brought up strategic planning because that's where I've been focused a lot with clients yeah. as my starting point was coming mm -hmm. out of corporate America and finding that I had a skill in strategic planning mm -hmm. and working with small smaller companies to help introduce the tool and the practice because many of them, you know, would have a napkin and <laughs> right. not write things down at all. Yes. And then over time, that practice has evolved as I merged it with transition planning. And so mm -hmm. the process of strategic transition planning should make sense to folks, right? Why mm -hmm. do you need a strategic plan for your business? Well, because yeah. we have to work on things, we need to align our people. Absolutely. Let's think about it the same way on the transition planning side. And if it's five to seven years, well, shouldn't mm -hmm. we start the process and what are all the things we need to do? And it's yeah. hard. And that's why I think my audience likes this show because I bring mm -hmm. people on like yourself who have a different skill set than they're probably used to working with. And when it comes time to bring in the right people, we need, mm -hmm. we need to plan, you know, we need to plan for that and plan ahead. And I know you like collaborating um, yeah. when you're working with a business owner, that's a new client. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you like to where you start, you started with this conversation and then mm -hmm. moving from there, what are some of the, let's call it contingency planning, if you will, to help them reduce risk in the business. What are some of those first things? If you say, yep, you know, first six months of when we're working with a business owner client, we need to reduce risk. What are those things that you look at? Yeah, so, so that's a great question. There's a, again, every business and industry is a little bit different, but from taking a kind of a cookie cutter approach, we're always going to look at how you're structured, right? Is your foundation built correctly, meaning your entity, your governance documents, 
all of the legal framework that your business is sitting upon. We've got to make sure that's done. Because you'd be surprised at how many people have formed a business online years ago, and now it's a $20 million entity. And they don't have some of the basic fundamental agreements they need that if something goes wrong, that protects them. So we, we do that first. And then we say, okay, we need to understand your business. So I'll sit down with the client and say, tell me about your, like, what do you do? What do you sell? What service do you provide? Tell me about your clients. Tell me about the industries. And so then I need to look at what are the risk levers right there. You know, if you're in a high tech industry, you know, is there data privacy risks? Is there cybersecurity risks? If you're in construction or industrial, there's different types of risks. So I look at, I want to understand that, right? That framework and that landscape. Then I say, okay, how do you engage with your clients? What are the contracts you're using? What are the agreements you're using? We need to look at that and make sure, one, they're buttoned up as tight as, you can never have a 100% ironclad agreement. If an attorney tells you that they're lying, because there's no such thing. But our job is to make it as tight as possible. And then to look at it, and then what I'll do sometimes is go through that contract and actually ask the client, do these things actually apply to your business? Because sometimes they'll have old contracts that someone else may have put together or they found online somewhere that half of the document doesn't even apply to their business. So they overcomplicate things. So we look at that. And then the last piece really is if they have employees looking at how do they engage their employees? Do they have the right policies in place? Are they following all the laws they need to have? They need to follow depending on where they're located when it comes to employment. How do they treat their employees? Like how do they communicate with their employees? Because these are all the biggest risk areas, you know, dealing with customers, your foundational documents and dealing with employees. So we kind of do that. We'll call it a health check of the business. And that's really that first part that we do when we work with the new clients. Gotcha. A couple additional questions for you and we'll yeah. start to round down the uh, the discussion here. Okay. Lately, I've been thinking a lot about regrets and how business owners can exit without regrets. In your experience, what do you see as some of those success factors? Oh, man, that's a, <laughs> that's a really good question. Um, again, success factors are different per owner, right? And it's, it's one understanding what those are. To someone, it may not be money, right? It may not be a large lump sum. It may be, hey, I've created a sustainable business that will live past me. I have the right next level management in place to take over. Or, hey, I, I made enough money from this business to fund my family for the next two generations. So those success factors, you know, they're, they're very individualized, I, I believe. But if I look at, if I take all the clients I've worked with, it really boils down to probably two or three. It's one, you know, did I build something that created enough wealth for me? Meaning I put all my eggs in this basket. Like I didn't really do anything else. So did I put enough effort into this where it actually created the wealth I was trying to create? The second piece is, did I create something that's sustainable past me? meaning this will live on with what I've built and the people that I put in place, it'll live on past me. And, and third, again, this is kind of a, a qualitative thing, but it's, did I enjoy the process? Because I think a lot of business owners have regret. Like when they look back, they say, I just did it for money. And I didn't, there wasn't any passion behind it. I didn't create anything sustainable or, or that benefited the bigger world. I think that's a big regret I hear with business. They did it just for the money. So I think if they can look back and say, yeah, I had fun doing this and I was passionate about it. Like that's a big success factor in my mind. 
Are there any standout stories? You'll hold the names, of course. Yeah. On either this scenario worked really well for the family or this scenario just did not that you can share. Yeah, I mean, it's probably more of a horror story than it because, I mean, success, success stories are great, but this is the one. It comes down to making the assumption that your family is going to take over the business. You know, I'm thinking of a particular client, this person, you know, ran a great business, was very involved, you know, kids were working in the business and the assumption was they're going to take over, but the kids were planning on doing something else. Like they were planning on, Hey, sell the business. I get a payout. I move on and do something I'm passionate about. And that conversation came to a head and it was not a pleasant conversation. And it really caused a wedge um, within the family. And that's unfortunate, but it was something that, and that's why I say you have to have those discussions up front because if you're making an assumption without validating the assumption, it's going to lead to exactly what it led to, a tumultuous conversation that really caused some strife within that family. And what's the learning there? If you were going to rewind history with the owner, what could they have done differently? Plan for the exit from the beginning. Like if it is truly going to be, if it is something you want to build to stay within your family and you want your kids to be involved, you need to have that discussion right out of the gate. The moment they step into the business, that discussion is, is this something you want to take over? Because you operate differently. You'll get them involved in different things. And instead of making like never assume your family or your children or even your employees are going to take over. Owning a business and working in a business are two completely different things. It's easy. Like if I had a family business, it'd be easy for me to work in that business, right? I'm working for my family. Me running that business where I have the responsibility of all these other families, totally different environment. And having those discussions very early on is the biggest piece of advice I can give any business owner. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about things that yeah. business owners can start doing to be better prepared and and have the business legacy that they're looking for. If people want to reach out to you, Rocco, to get in touch, yeah. what's a good way to learn more? Yeah, you could go to our website. It's just cozalaw.com, C-O-Z-Z-A-L-A-W. You can always email me there. My email is just rcoza at cozalaw.com. Feel free to reach out. I'm happy to have you. What I always say, I'm happy to just chat with someone. They want a second opinion or just want to pick my brain. Like we don't charge for consultations. We just, I'm here to help in any way I can. So please feel free to reach out to me. I'd be happy to chat with any of the business owners out there. Thanks, Rocco. Thanks so much for your time. Listeners, be sure to follow Succession Stories in your favorite podcast player and on YouTube. Leave us a review, five stars, helps the show get discovered. To learn more about maximizing the value of your business and planning for transition, sign up for our newsletter at thebusinesstransitionsherpa.com. You can also book a complimentary call with me. Join us next time on Succession Stories for more insights from transition to transaction. I hope that today's episode resonated with you. What actions will you take as a result? If you want to grow, sell, or transition your business, our strategic transition planning process provides clarity and objectivity on the big questions that may be weighing on your mind. Make an intention and take the next step. Set up a complimentary consultation with me to discuss your goals at thebusinesstransitionsherpa.com. That's thebusinesstransitionsherpa.com.